Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. In this week's podcast, we're going to talk about a couple of different things. First, we're going to spend some time talking about stacking and why it is right for you. And then in the riff, we're going to talk about what it means to be a thinking pickleball player. So if you're into that kind of material, you want to know more about those topics, stay tuned for the podcast. You studied the pickleball videos? Maybe read a pickleball book, taken a lesson or two, but there's just something missing, something to complete the whole picture. That's where VI Pickleball comes in. VI Pickleball is the most immersive pickleball learning community available today. You can check out more information at wearepickleball.com. See you in the community. All right, so let's talk a little bit about stacking. If you've been playing pickleball for any any amount of time, you probably have come across it at some point. Um, I know that sometimes when I've played with players and I've stacked, I'm a left-handed player, so I tend to stack pretty frequently. Uh, sometimes you'll be in a game and uh, and players will look over from another court and say, what is that person doing? It looks like they're in the wrong spot as they're stacking. Uh, so, you know, but, but by now you probably have seen stacking or come across stacking or at least heard about stacking. So, Stacking is is a technique or a, a strategy that you can use when you play pickleball that allows you to take control of how you play each rally. Uh, one way to think about it is, uh, you, you know, if you don't stack, then the score of the game basically will dictate what side of the court you're going to play on or how you're going to play the rally. So you can choose when you play pickleball to play in the formation that the score dictates, and I'll get to, into that a little more in detail in a second. Or you can use stacking to play in the formation that you prefer to play in. So it's really a matter of, of, of uh, stacking gives you the ability to basically exercise control and to be uh, the protagonist, if you will, or, or dictate the narrative of how you're going to play the game. So if you think about a normal game, uh, say that you're the, the even player. So you started the game at 002 as the first server. So you're starting from the right side of the court. Then you serve, and let's say you win that rally and score a point. So now you're going to move from the right to the left. What that means is you're going to play the next rally from the left side. But the, the, the reason you're playing from the left side is not because that's where you want to play from or that's what you've decided. It's simply that's what the rules require, right? You have to go to the left to serve at one zero two. So you go to the left and you play from there. And say again, you score a point. So now it's two zero two. So you're going to continue serving. Now you're going to move to the right. The next rally, you're going to play from the right. The reason you're playing from the right is not because of any decisions that you've made to play from the right. It's simply because of the score. So in that scenario, what's happening is the score is dictating the way that you're playing the game, whether you're playing it from the left or from the right. And one of the things that, that, that you know, to the extent we can do it in pickleball, in anything in life, but in pickleball uh, specific to our, po- our podcast, if you can control the narrative, if you can control the the flow of what's happening then you will get to you'll get to set the terms and anytime you can set the terms hopefully you're setting the terms in the way that are most advantageous to you in this case on the pickleball court you're going to put yourself in the best position to win by using stacking you can overcome the limitations that the score or, or playing as a scoring team in other words just wherever the score puts you you can overcome some of the, the potential disadvantages of playing as a scoring team and play more as a strategically positioned uh, team when you uh, play pickleball. So when you talk about stacking, one of the things I think that is confusing to folks is that they believe that stacking is an advanced concept, that stacking is something that's, you know, that's something that should be brought into the game later, right? Something that maybe later on you, you add stacking. 
but that's not the case. I mean, stacking is a skill or a strategy that you can learn uh, when you, you know, hopefully you already know how to score, you know how to play a little bit. From the time you're a 2-0 to the time you're a pro player, you can add stacking to your game. So it's available at any level of play. If you ask me, for instance, you know, should you add a backhand roll attack shot to your game? Probably not going to suggest that until later on in the process. But if you ask me, should I add stacking to my game? I'm probably going to suggest once you've mastered the basics of play, once you've mastered the basics of, you know, scoring and where to be and things like that, uh, the, you know, the real basics, then I'm going to say, why not add stacking to your game? It, as I mentioned earlier, it allows you to take control of your side of the court and dictate how you play. And what's important there is to be more specific is it allows you to make your strengths stronger. So basically, whatever your strengths are, it allows you to really highlight those or really put them in the middle of play. And it helps you hide your weaknesses. You know, all of us have uh, something that we're better at than another thing, right? So whether our forehand's better on the backhand or vice versa. So by using stacking, you can really highlight the things you do well and hide a little bit the things you don't do well. And what comes to mind is there was a, a friend of mine mentioned to me a quote uh, attributed to Roger Federer where Roger Federer had just lost. And if you don't know who Roger Federer is, he's uh, uh, probably the greatest uh, tennis player of all time, uh, male tennis player of all time, I should say. But Roger... Uh, had just lost a match and the opponent had been picking on his backhand, hitting high to his backhand, which is uh, an area that Roger Federer's opponents generally attack him on. It's actually an area you can attack most players on. And so the question that was asked was, Roger, are, are you going to work on your high backhand shot? And he looked at the uh, the reporter and said, why would I do that? I win games based on my serve and my forehand. So why would I spend a ton of time working on a shot that isn't how I'm trying? I'm trying to win the game? what that tells you or shows you is that Roger Federer was not looking at, it does not look at tennis as a reactionary sport. He's not going out on the tennis court, letting you dictate play, and then trying to respond to what you're doing. What Roger Federer is going to do when he plays tennis is he's going to, he's going to dictate play. He's going to serve big in tennis, and tennis is different than pickleball, right? But he's going to serve big and then hit a lot of forehands to try and win points. So in pickleball, applying the same kind of concept to pickleball or to your game in pickleball more specifically, what you want to do is you want to play the game in a way that you can basically be the one that's dictating terms as you play, and that'll give you the highest chance for success. Stacking is one of those skills that you can bring to bear to allow you to do that. And it really goes together with the second part we're going to talk about on this podcast, uh, becoming a thinking player or being a thinking pickleball player. Stacking is a, is a skill that you can learn and almost think about it like playing chess. Basically, you're moving pieces around a chessboard. Uh, obviously not as many pieces as a chessboard because it's, you know, it's not as big of a board, if you, if you will, but it doesn't have as many squares and many players. But, but bottom line is you can move yourself and your partner around based on a number of different factors to maximize your chance of winning. If you're interested in learning more about stacking, uh, you can visit us at wearepickleball.com. We have a, 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 a blog post and also a, a download that you can get to basically illustrate to you stacking and the benefits of stacking. And we have a webinar coming up uh, in a few weeks. It'll be in April of 2021. Uh, we have a three uh, three stacking or three webinar stacking uh, system we're doing. Basically, three master classes of stacking that we're going to do. And if you want to sign up for that, you can go to wearepickleball.com and sign up for that. And I'll link to it below in the uh, podcast notes. So definitely consider adding stacking to your game. It'll give you a competitive edge uh, that you have complete control over, regardless of your level. And again, if you want to know more about stacking, check us out at wearepickleball.com. All right, so that's on stacking. Next, we're going to talk a little bit about being a thinking player. What does it mean 
to be a thinking pickleball player. If you want to follow, follow us on The Riff or listen to The Riff, I should say, stay tuned for The Riff. You'd like to help your friend or family member learn how to play pickleball. But how? Now it's easy. Pick up a copy of Play Pickleball, A Beginner's Guide. It's the most complete guide to playing pickleball. Available as a digital download or in hard copy at intopickle.com or at Amazon. Let's keep growing the sport. As I was working on the materials for the stacking webinars that we have upcoming and some of the other materials we're putting together about stacking, one of the things that really jumped out at me was the idea of a thinking pickleball player. And you know the reason it, it jumped out at me was because if you stack, you get to pick what you do. If you don't stack, then you're basically, you're, you're subject to whatever the whims of the score are. So uh, say that you're playing a game and you really want to be uh, on the right playing. You think you're a stronger team if you play on the right and your partner plays on the left, but the score doesn't, doesn't favor that because the score has you in the opposite formation. If you don't know how to stack, then you cannot implement, you can't change, right? So you basically have to play the rally in the position that you don't want to play in. And if you think about it, you know, you can think, I can think of numerous times that I've played opponents where I have preferred a player to be on the right than on the left. Uh, and so when they're on that formation and the formation that I prefer, I feel that we have a much higher chance of winning than we did when they were in the opposite formation. But the team doesn't stack. My opponents don't stack in that situation. So it basically lets me off the hook, so to speak. You know, I, I don't have to play them in the formation that I prefer not to play them in. I get to play them in the formation that I that I want to play, play them in because they're not moving around. They're not stacking. They're basically subject to whatever the score is. My team, on the other hand, will generally put themselves put we will generally put ourselves in the position that we most want to play in. So that gives us an advantage, right? Because you know, whereas if if you're playing whatever the score is, there may be opportunities that I get or my team gets um, because you're not moving around or stacking uh, that you don't get when when I should be in a position that is more favorable to you. I will stack. So what what happens there is that I think differentiates players between thinking players and basically reactionary players or players who are subject to the whims of whatever the score or whatever other conditions are out there. Things like the wind, for instance, is another area. So, you know, when I work with players uh, in clinics, we work a lot on wind positioning, positioning based on wind. Uh, if you play pickleball outdoors, there's almost no way to avoid the wind having an impact on the game. You know, our ball is pretty light. It's a pretty big light ball. So the wind will, will buffet it around some and move it around. So you need to know how to position yourself and particularly on the return or serve. You need to know how to position yourself on the return or serve based on the wind being in your face or at your back. So, you know, at your back, obviously, you're going to step a little farther into the court or, or near the court. With the wind in your face, you're going to step farther away from the court. Um, but those are things that require some thought. Uh, you know, what happens is a lot of times players will simply stand on the baseline, basically put their feet, their toes uh, touching the baseline, and that's their starting position on the return or serve. That, to me, is a basically a reactionary player. That's a player who's not really thinking about what's happening out there. Whereas the player who's thinking when they're out there is a thinking pickleball player will recognize the wind and also recognize the type of server. So they'll look across and say, uh, you know, John is serving. His serve isn't that powerful. The wind's at my back. I'm going to maybe take a step or two inside the court. Or may look across and maybe it's, you know, Barbara serving and say, well, Barbara has a really big serve or a strong serve and the wind's at my face. Or maybe I'll stand five feet off the baseline. 
But those are adjustments that we can all make as pickleball players. Uh, you know that that just because you know one player is higher rated than another player doesn't mean that that doesn't shouldn't differentiate those kinds of decisions that are being made. Uh, whether you're a two-five player to a five-zero player, uh, you know you're you're you have complete control and the ability to put yourself in the correct position or the best position that you think is right before the serve is executed, right? So as you're the returner, you can put yourself in the best position. That would be a thinking pickleball player. So what we recommend is, you know, take some time to understand the game. Take some time to study the game. Uh, if you need help with that, that's what we do at wearepickleball.com. And say, you know, VI Pickleball, which is at wearepickleball.com. That's what CJ and I focus on. We focus on teaching uh, the, you know, an understanding of the game so that when you go out there to play, you have control of, of the game and what you're doing out there, which will maximize your enjoyment and also your chances of success. That's this week's podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Pickleball Therapy. As always, if you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends. If you enjoyed it, they probably will too. Be well out there.